with everything that's going on around us, we can either respond and, and act like the disciples did before Jesus was resurrected, or we could respond to everything that's going around us in the way that they did after they knew Jesus was resurrected. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor Podcast features Sunday Sermon. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Thank you again for joining us today. Listen, as I have prayed and thought about today's message over the past two months, I've had two words that have continually come to my mind, and those words are simply unfinished business. Now, I don't know what comes to your mind when you hear the word business, but so often in our culture, when someone meets us for the first time, they might ask, hey, what business are you in? You know, and most of us respond to that question by simply giving them our job title. We may say, I'm a nurse, I'm a lobsterman, I'm a coach, I'm a teacher, or so on, whatever. Uh, Or we may give them some brief description of our job responsibilities. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, the business God gives His people, always centers around an assignment, a task, or a calling He has chosen and anointed them to complete. You know, throughout the Bible we see examples of men and women of God who had such an assignment or business from the Lord. To name a few, Noah's was to build an ark. Moses, his assignment was to lead God's people out of bondage. Joshua's was to lead God's people into the promised land. Nehemiah, his assignment was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. John the Baptist, his was to prepare the way of the Messiah. And lastly, Paul, we know his assignment was to establish the church. Now, I want us to take a moment to notice that all of those men completed their God-given assignment, God-given task, calling, business, if you will, before they passed away. Now, was their assignments easy? Not even close. Did they endure hardship and difficulties? You bet. Was it bigger than you know their human abilities? Absolutely. But by the grace of God, they completed what God called them to do. Why? Because, write this down, our God is a God of completion. You know, He has a track record that proves the fact that He never does anything halfway. So with all those examples in mind, I, I want to point out today that Jesus, the God-man, was no exception. That He He too was given an assignment, a business from His Father. In fact, we all know the reason He came to this earth was simply that. He was given an assignment. Now, when you begin to look at everything Jesus accomplished, you know, there's a lot of information in there. So, all I want to do is simply give us a quick overview of that today. Let's begin by looking at what the angel told Joseph about Jesus in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. It says this, it says, she, He was talking about Mary, will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he, here's his assignment, will save his people from
from their sins. Now the first indicator where we see Jesus being aware of this heavenly assignment is found in Luke chapter 2 when Jesus was 12 years old. In this chapter we see Joseph, Mary, and all the kids, they are on their yearly journey to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Now after the feast was over, uh, they along with all their friends and all their relatives, they packed up their bags and they started heading back home, only to find out that after being a day into the journey, Jesus wasn't with them. You know, listen, as a parent, I can't imagine what they felt at that moment, you know, looking around and going, where's my kid? And, and he's nowhere to be found. But, but as we read the story, we simply find this, that, that in short, they begin to backtrack until they found Jesus in the temple, you know, talking with the, with the teachers of the law. And it's here that we find this, you know, well-known interaction between Mary and Jesus in Luke chapter 2, verse 48 through 50. He says this, says, so when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Verse 49 says, And he said to them, Remember, Jesus is 12 years old. He looked Mary in the eye and he said, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And verse 50 is key here. It says, But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Isn't it true that oftentimes in our life that even those who are closest to us don't really uh, fully understand the assignment that the Father has given us. But once again when we pull back and we look at the life of Jesus, let's, let's fast forward again 18 years. We, we now find Jesus is 30 years old and He's the age where a man was permitted to become a rabbi in the Jewish culture. As He prepares to step into His assignment that His Heavenly Father gave Him, He actually goes to the synagogue where he grew up there in Nazareth. And, and as he walks in, the attendant actually hands him the book of Isaiah and he opens up the book of Isaiah to chapter 61 and he begins to do more than read. He, he actually begins to define, he begins to lay out, he begins to declare what the Father's business is for his life. Let's look at it in Luke chapter 4. It says this, Jesus talking, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. I love this verse. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recover your sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And verse 20 says, Then He closed the book, and He gave it back to the attendant, and He sat down. Now from that point on for the next three and a half years the people of that region watched the Father's business unfold as Jesus preached the kingdom, as He healed the sick, as He cast out demons, as He raised the dead and worked all kinds of miracles, as He did one thing, as He revealed and demonstrated the kingdom of God. But after three and a half years of going about His Father's business He prayed this in John 17 and it's, it's uh, a powerful prayer, but He says this in verse 4. He says to the Father, Father, I have glorified You on this earth. I have finished the work You have given Me to do. I personally find this statement very interesting because was His assignment really complete? 
I believe the answer is yes and no. Yes, in that he was, you know, finished with the piece of his assignment where he would teach the multitudes, he was performing the miracles, but no in the sense that there were still unfinished business left on the table. You see, the term unfinished business simply means this. It means a situation that has not yet reached a satisfactory solution. I want to say that again. The term unfinished business means this. It means a situation that has not yet reached a satisfactory solution. So in this case, what was the situation? It was our sin. You know, go all the way back to Matthew chapter 1. Remember when the angel came to Joseph and began to speak to him, what did he say that the overarching assignment of Jesus would be? It was to do this. It was to save his people from their sins. So knowing that his unfinished business was ultimately leading him to the cross, Jesus said these words in John 12, verse 27. He said, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? In other words, to save me from this most difficult part of my assignment? But he said this, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Now fast forward in the story of Jesus again and we see this trouble come to a head in Luke chapter 22. It says this, as coming out he went to the Mount of Olives. Now th that is simply this, that there was an orchard that was there of olive trees that Jesus was accustomed to going and praying at. And it says this, it says in verse 41, and he knelt down and prayed. Now this literally means that as he knelt down that he was thrown into a struggle or he was thrown into a fight. Now was that fight with God? No. The, the fight was with his, with his flesh. Right? That his, what did he say? That my spirit is willing but my flesh is weak. And it says this in verse 42 that he said this to the Father. He said, Father if it is your will take this cup take it. Take this assignment. Take this business away from me. Nevertheless not my will but yours be done. And then a powerful thing happened in verse 43. It says, Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, or being in anguish, or being in distress, being in conflict, he prayed more earnestly. That literally means that he extended his time of prayer. It says, Then his sweat became like great drops of blood, falling down to the ground. I want us to notice two things here. The first thing is this, is that when we break down this verse into the original language, we find that it actually means this. It means that Jesus was literally on the brink of all He could have possibly endured. you, you got to remember, guys, that in this moment, it, this wasn't, you know, God in all His glory, you, you know, in, in this garden. It was the Son of Man, the Son of God, clothed in human flesh. And there He was in the garden in this great struggle. And actually, we know that it's said there that he was in such agony and such distress that the Father decided to send him an angel to strengthen him. To, why? So, so he could continue to intercede. So he would just have what he needed to keep pushing forward in prayer so he could get enough spiritual strength so he could go forward in his assignment. Now the reason I think this is really important is because it really shows you and I the, the weight or the price that, that needed to be paid for our freedom wasn't an easy one. The second thing I want to see is this. 
And I know we don't like to talk about this much, but because of this we see the humanity of Jesus struggling with His God-given assignment. You, you know, what was the assignment once again? It was to die for the sins of the world, past, present, and future. All of those sins were going to come upon Him. So, so think about this, that in His moment of struggle that He was literally tempted to not finish the Father's assignment, the Father's business for His life. And that's why He said, if it is Your will, please take this cup, take this suffering away from me. But as we said last week, man, thankfully he was willing to endure everything he, you know, had to face on our behalf. Now, I, there's a scripture that we've read for the past couple of weeks that I just kind of want to bring into this moment. The writer of Hebrews, in a matter of fact way, sums up everything that happened between his betrayal in the garden to his crucifixion by simply saying these words in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3. I know we've read this several times over the past few weeks, uh, but I want us to revisit again. It says, He, Jesus, endured such hostility, such hate from sinners. Come on, grab a hold of this, that He endured such hostility from those He loved. He endured such hostility from those He came to save. He endured such hostility from those He came to die for. Now, we know that that hostility meant simply this, that He was beaten, He was mocked, He was ultimately nailed to a cross, and, and by doing so we know He fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah 53. Now, fast forward again, here's Jesus hanging on a cross, and, and it was here that He said those famous words that we all know and we all celebrate. In John 19 it says, After this Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, get that, that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Verse 30 says, So when Jesus had received the sour wine, He said, grab the picture here, that, that he, he literally mustered up uh, a final breath so He could push Himself up on the cross one more time and He let out this, uh, you know, Shout of victory, and he and he declared, "It is finished." Can you imagine the relief in that moment that that the the suffering, this this part of his assignment was now complete? And it finishes by saying this: "And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit." In other words, he died. But was it really finished? Once again, the answer is yes, and. No. Yes, in the sense that the suffering that Jesus would have to endure, it was done. It was complete. He had paid the price. He had, he had given Himself as a sacrifice for our sins. But no, in the sense that the completion of the full assignment, uh, it was now into the Father's hands. You, you see, the Bible tells us that Jesus couldn't raise Himself from the dead. Why? Because He was really dead. So, He was depending on the Father through the Holy Spirit to actually come and to raise Him from the dead. And until that happened, then there would be unfinished business. Now, I said all of that so I could turn our attention to a handful of men and women who faithfully and closely walked with Jesus for three and a half years. They, like many other Jews of their day, prayed, hoped, thought, expected, believed Jesus to be the conquering Messiah that was coming to, you know, overthrow the Roman Empire and to set them free. And because of this belief, they had literally blown off everything that Jesus had told them over the past, I don't know, a few months that He must suffer at the hands of men. So when Jesus was, to them, unexpectedly arrested in the garden, then put on trial and ultimately killed by crucifixion, what did they do? 
you know, the Bible simply says it this way. They, they fell apart, right? They were inconsolable. They lost all hope and purpose. They were full of despair as they allowed fear and confusion to overcome them. Now, why did they do this? It's because they didn't realize that there was still unfinished business on the table. They didn't know the assignment wasn't complete. They weren't aware that the situation had not reached a satisfactory solution yet. Like the disciples, have you ever noticed how adversity has a way of causing us to blow off and forget the things that God has spoken to us? Have you ever noticed how adversity has an uncommon way of revealing, you know, what we're made of? It's true that the storms in life really reveal how deep our roots are planted, you know, how deep they go and what they're really, you know, connected to. You know, it's true that when we are squeezed, what is in us always comes out. It's, it's like we are squeezed in life and we either have fear that comes out or faith. We get squeezed by the pressure of this life and either hate or love comes out. We get squeezed and it's peace or anxiety that it's trust or, oh no, the world's falling apart. You see, what the disciples didn't understand, while Jesus was in the grave, while, while they were in despair, the unstoppable God was still moving on their behalf. In other words, He was dealing with the enemy even when they couldn't see it. So while it looked like the enemy was winning, Jesus was actually defeating death, hell, and the grave on our behalf. Isn't that good news? So while the world might uh, seem silent and lonely to His followers, He was busy wrapping up His business that needed to be completed behind the scenes. So all of that had to happen. So when it came time, the power of the Almighty could explode inside of that tomb, reconnecting Jesus' spirit with His dead body, flooding His dead corpse with the life of God, causing His resurrection. We know that when it happened, an angel came and rolled back the stone and from the entrance of that tomb, Jesus physically walked through the opening of that tomb alive. This isn't, guys, some, some legend or some fairy tale. Guys, this is the very foundation of our faith. If, if Jesus didn't resurrect, man, we might as well uh, pack our bags and go home. Isn't that true? So please hear me, church. If we realize it or not, for the last 2,000 years, the main thing that the resurrection has declared is simply this. It's declared to every person, it is finished. One more time, but is it really finished? Once again, the answer is yes and no. Please don't miss what I'm about to say. Yes, and that eternal salvation has now been secured and provided for all who call upon the name of the Lord. But no in the sense that Jesus told us that in the same way the Father sent Him, guess what? That He now sends me and He sends you. Therefore, there's still unfinished business sitting on the table this morning that involves us. So I want to encourage you in spite of what you may be feeling right now, uh, you know, Maybe your roots are showing a bit. Uh, maybe you're feeling squeezed and some ugly stuff is coming out. I want to encourage you that God is still moving. Please grab a hold of this today. God has chosen and He has anointed us for kingdom assignments. So I want to encourage you today that with everything that's happening in our you know, uh, world right now, 
please don't miss the fact that our generation is watching us to see how we are going to respond to all of this. So I would encourage you today to shake yourself from all the despair, shake yourself from all the fear, and remember what He has promised us. Remember today who He is. Remember today who we are in Him. So listen, let me remind you of this before we close today. If you can, write this down, that, that God's business in our lives is always a combination of our willingness and His timing. I want to say that again, that God's business in our lives is always a combination of our willingness and His timing. So like those men and women of God who have gone before us, you know, will, will the assignment be easy? Not even close. Will we endure hardships and times of difficulty? You bet. Will it be bigger than our ability to be able to do it, our own human gifts and our human strengths? Absolutely. But listen, the same is for them. But by the grace of God, we will complete what God has called us to do. Why? Because once again, our God is a God of completion. I want to leave you today with a challenge. I, I personally believe that you and I have a choice today. With, with everything that's going on around us, we can either respond and, and act like the disciples did before Jesus was resurrected, or we could respond to everything that's going around us in the way that they did after they knew Jesus was resurrected. Because guys, the truth is simply this. It's our choice. So let's choose today to live like we have a risen Savior, because we do. Before we close in prayer today, I simply want to say on behalf of all of us from the Anchor Church family, a big thank you to every person that's involved in the medical field, every person that's involved in law enforcement and the essential services. Uh, you know, listen, we, we depend on you guys and we need you. And we just want to say that we're so grateful for you guys, so thankful for your service and your sacrifice. Uh, we have and we will continue to pray for you. We absolutely love you. Come on, family, let's pray for all those people even now. Father, we thank you, Lord, for every person that we just mentioned. God, those that are in the medical field, God, those that are in law enforcement, even our government officials. Lord, we also pray for those that are in essential services. Lord, we just uh, simply say today, God, that we're so grateful for them. And Lord, we are thankful for the giftings and the abilities that you've given them. Now, Lord, as they are working really hard to do their best, God, in what you've given them, Lord, we also ask God, for just grace, God's supernatural grace to come upon them even now, God, to empower them and to help them do what you've called them to do. And Lord, while they are working hard to do their part, Father, we just simply ask God that you would do your part because you said in your word, what is impossible with man is possible with you. And so, Lord, we just join our faith today. God, we join our hearts today. We join our prayers today. God, and we just simply ask God that you would begin to move, not just in our nation, but God, around the world, God, and you would begin to heal the sick. God, that you would begin to help people recover, God, from this virus. And Lord, we just pray even now, God, because you've given us authority, God, as sons and daughters, God, we just bind the enemy, we bind his plan. And Father, we thank you for releasing your abundant life, God, around the world. And Father, we pray, God, what the enemy has stolen, Lord, that he's got to give it back. And Father, we just believe that today in Jesus' name. And Father, we also ask today, God, if there's anyone that's watching,
watching this. Uh, maybe they know you, maybe they don't. But God, we pray for those that have never asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of their life. Father, we pray today that their hearts would be open. God, that they would see that without you, they have no hope. Without you, they have no forgiveness of their sins. And so, Lord, today we just ask that their hearts would be open to your love and your grace and your mercy and your power. And they would just simply call upon you because you said in your word in Romans 10, 3, that those who call upon the name of the Lord, God shall be saved. So if there's anyone that needs a touch from you today, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, we just ask today that they would feel the touch by your resurrection power today. Father, we love you and we thank you for everything that's been uh, spoken today. Father, we pray that you would seal it in our hearts as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys again for joining us today. We hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.